This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Are we set this morning? How many people are ready for the spiritual man? (laughs) How many spiritual men are here? Or women? What makes you think you are spiritual? (laughs) No, no. What makes you think you are spiritual? You travel in the night? (laughs) So... (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's read this passage of the Bible. John chapter 4 from verse 23. John 4, 23. Again, it's likely I will just be doing introduction today. And then we are going to continue next week. This is deep and it will transform many. Now the Bible says, but the hour comes. Jesus said so. And now is. When the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, they could not do this in Old Testament. In spirit and in truth, for the Father is looking desperately for those who will do this. Then he gave the reason in the next verse. Why the Father is seriously seeking for those who worship him in spirit and in truth. So the next verse says, why? God is a spirit. That can take two months message. God is not flesh and blood. God is not a man. As a matter of fact, Balaam started his prophecy in Numbers 23 by saying, God is not a man that should lie. But if you forget about the rest of the world, just stop at God is not a man. So the Bible is saying that God is a spirit. Satan is a spirit. So because God is a spirit, those who must worship him, there are spiritual protocols they must understand. And one of such is, They can only worship him in spirit and in truth. They cannot worship him in their mind. They cannot worship him in their bodies. Hallelujah. You can have your seats. God bless you. Are you following me? God is a spirit. And those who must worship him. Once they desire to worship him, they must know that the protocol they must go by is to worship him in spirit and in truth. Otherwise, the worship becomes unacceptable to him. The moment, um, is that, I don't know what part, whether Leviticus or Numbers, the moment Aaron's two sons were ordained as priests. I remember we are priests. So Aaron had about four. But then Nadab and Abihu. Two of the sons. If you can let me find. So they took on holy fire. (laughs) If you want to begin to understand God's protocols. Not that we live in the Old Testament, but your eyes will be open to certain things. It's to begin to understand all the redolence God laid down for Aaron before he could approach him. Why? God is a spirit. In the old covenant, Israelites were not born again. So because the kind of worship that the father wants must be done in spirit and in truth and they could not do it, the protocols were many. They must wash their clothes when they came down to Mount Sinai. And people are still washing their body. <laughs> anyway, Nadab and Abiyo, the sons of Aaron, took either of them, a censer, and put fire therein, and put incense, and offer a strange fire before the Lord, which the Lord did not command. What happened here? 
See, what we are going into is very deep and dangerous. What happened here? The fire that they must use in his presence must be taken from his presence. All these laws were given to their father Aaron. As a matter of fact, God told Aaron that when you must approach me, you will wash yourself, wear a particular type of garment, wear something on your head. Even your head must be covered. In other words, God was saying to Aaron that I don't want to see you because if I see you, I will kill you. Why? God is a spirit. It's not that he's wicked. When, see, because uh, some righteous people on Facebook, who we start, uh, God of the Bible asked them to, number one, electricity is not wicked when it shocks you. If you touch it wrongly, thou shall be, and it's not wicked. It's like two, com two conflicting natures. If you jump into an, an ocean and you drown, the ocean is not wicked. You have a different, you are wired differently. You cannot live there, so you are supposed to live here. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, if a lion tears a man apart, the lion is not wicked. After all, you two, you eat chicken. And tear them apart. It is the conflict of two nature, two opposite, two different natures. So God is not a man. Uh, are you getting what I'm saying? I will visit during the course of this message, Adam. I believe Adam was a spiritual man. That was why God could fellowship with him until the fall. Are you getting what I'm saying? So God told Aaron that I don't want to see you cover your body. Then beyond covering your body, Aaron was to put that fire in, in an incense. There must be so much smoke before the mercy seat. He must cover the whole place himself and everywhere with smoke. Because the smoke will represent the glory of the righteousness. So God wanted to see the smoke, not Aaron. And he told Aaron that when you are coming in my presence, he told Moses, you must tie a rope to Aaron's body. <laughs> <laughs> and put a bell here beside his belt or his land here. So Aaron will leave a long rope, like somebody entering this door now. A long rope. He will put a part of the rope outside. Then he will enter. The bell was to be making noise. So everybody will know that Baba still is Baba is still alive. Once they stopped hearing the bell, nobody could even go in to rescue him. So they want to pull him out through that rope. Because God's presence. So all of a sudden, in a particular city, when the ark of God was captured, the Philistines were wise enough. They did not open the ark. But they brought the ark to a particular city, 4 Samuel 5, and some men opened the ark. They were God's people, but they all died for nothing. Uzziah put his hand to help the ark that was stumbling and turned up. Most the guy died. And the Bible said that day, David became afraid of God. That, uh, uh, what is going on here? It is not wickedness. It is when he came down Mount Sinai, he told Moses, if anybody touches that rock, please use that. Pierce him. Pierce him. Because they would have contaminated me. Because God is holy. And flesh and God, they cannot, they are not compatible. I get what I'm saying. Oh, thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for salvation. That now it lives in us. <laughs> we, we, we are coming to that. But I'm, I'm showing you where the Lord is coming from. So even though he loved these guys, Nadab and Abihu, they made just one mistake. No warning. The two of them died. And when they died, Moses told their father, if you cry, you follow. <laughs> so they're like, what kind of God... Remember, the Bible says, our God is a consuming fire. Again, I'm saying because, you know, some people are so shallow. They are more righteous than God. If many of them are common European country, they just start by saying that, uh, so God kill people. How can God kill? That is terrible. But you say it's a good God, and they start all those silly talks. Question one. There's nowhere in the world where they don't believe in justice. Criminals should go to court. 
rapists and those who rape uh, pedophiles should go to court. But do you know what it means when the man is sinned against God? And you know what? They put God in class of men. A creator can never be accused of misusing his creation because he's the creator. If I create a person and I break into, there's no law under the sun that can call me a wrong person for, I created the pencil, I broke the pencil. What they are trying to look at, they are looking at God in the level of a man killing another man. You cannot accuse the creator, the owner of life, for taking his life. If I give you my car and I come back to my car in the evening, if I say, okay, drive my car around for one hour, and after when I come back for my car, do you call me a wicked man? If I remove my shirt and I give it to you like, okay, wear it for 30 minutes, and after I can have my shirt back, and you say I'm a wicked man for And these are the ways people have accused God. He gives life to somebody, a loved one. The person dies. They get and God took him. And why did God take our mother from us? Oh, and they start crying. You have forgotten that somebody gave life to your mom. And when he gave that life, he gave time. Hi. Every departure is painful, but don't carry it beyond where it should be. Did you get what I've just said? Of course, if you are, if you don't believe God owns life, then I understand. But if you believe he's the owner of life, then you should not complain. I get what I'm saying. But then we are going to differentiate between destruction from Satan and what people have attributed to God instead of knowing that Satan. But in this case, they wrongly approached and they died. Then the axe stumbled. The axe stumbled. And then Uzzah touched it and he died. Then the men were trying to, Bible said that that day they look inside, they, they should not have done that. When the Philistine captured the they put it in the house of Dagon, their God. I know God was silent. God is amazing. He didn't say anything. They captured the ark, but they didn't open it. They carried it delicately, and then they put it in the house of Dagon. That was their biggest goal. In the morning, they woke up, and they saw Dagon bowing before the ark. They said this must be a mistake. <laughs> they carried Dagon and reset Dagon up. So what happened was that when they left in the night, God spoke to Dagon. Dagon, they talk, say you'll be God now. He said, sir, it no be me. And the guy said, wash him. <laughs> the following morning, they met Dagon again on his face. Now his hand and cut off. And the Bible said the Philistine became afraid. And he said, let us return the ark. And they returned the ark with sacrifice. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we are just want to get to today. We will, I usually say that you will live long bit by bit. Just come to the understanding of the fact that God is a spirit. And because he's a spirit, the only kind of worship he recognizes is the one that is done in spirit and in truth. That is the reason it will lead to the next statement I'm about to make. Let's read First Corinthians chapter 2. We start from verse, let's start from 13. Are, are you following me this morning? Amen. Maybe the next thing I should have said. A spirit, thank God I actually said that God is a spirit. Satan is also a spirit. A spiritual man is not limited to a Christian. <laughs> witches are very spiritual I get what I'm saying of course we are talking from God's angle but I'm just saying that a spiritual man is a person who fraternizes or fellowship with the spirit who understands the spirit realm anyway way things we speak not in the words of men's teachers men's wisdom teaches, but with the only ghost teacher comparing spiritual things with spiritual next verse is where I'm going but the natural man receives not the things of the spirit so in the kingdom of God if any man be in Christ you have your body with which you counter the external environment you have your soul where you have your mind your will and intellect the more educated you are, the more refined your soul is, or the more educated. But education does not take care of sin and sin nature. Are you get what I'm saying? 
Now you have your spirits. Now this is the difference between you listening to me now and the people under the old covenants. When the man says, I am born again, your spirit comes alive. There is a rebirth. A new birth has taken place. That new birth is not a physical thing. It's not solely thing. It's a spiritual thing. Now you are alive unto God to be able to fellowship with him in this class. Since God is a spirit, Jesus said, he has been looking for those who will worship. That means all the people that worship before Jesus never did it in spirit and in truth. I get what I'm saying. Because the master said, now is the hour. He said the father is seeking those who worship him. And he said, now. That means with the coming of the Messiah, especially after his death and his resurrection, a portal is open. Mortal men can now worship God in spirit and in truth because something has happened to their spirits. You remember, the verdict on Adam was the day you eat the fruit shall die. But when he ate it, he did not die physically. Now, people have tried to measure it in different ways. Since the Bible, somebody said, wait, of course, colors can come from different angles. The Bible says a day is like a thousand years before God. Adam lived to 939 or 937 before he died. Methuselah was the oldest, 969. Noah, maybe nine something. But Adam, 939 or so, that was when he died. Genesis 5. So, he died. Now, they are saying that if a day is equal to 1,000 before God, <laughs> 1,000 years, one day is like 1,000 years. Same God says, shall die today. If you die at age 800, it's still within today. <laughs> Did you get that? Anyway, <laughs> praise the Lord. But that's not what exactly, when the Lord said you shall die today, when he ate that fruit, something happened to Adam. The next time he saw God, he went to hide from the one he was fellowshipping with. And from that day, to worship God in spirit and in truth has been impossible all had been until the master came. Hallelujah. Are you following me? But I want to read something. First Corinthians chapter 3. Remember, I'm just doing the introduction. I will soon stop. We will get in. So, I have said a few things. God is a spirit. If you are born again, your spirit has come alive. And I said that spirituality is not limited to Christianity. Are you getting what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Then I mentioned that there's something called natural man. But I want to show you something here. Why am I sharing this topic? Why are we going this way? In our time, you must not be ignorant. So many things are happening in the body of Christ. Now, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. In other words, if you are a baby in Christ, you are carnal. And the Bible shows you two types of men. In the kingdom of God, you have spiritual men and you have carnal men in the same kingdom. Every church you enter into, every Christian you meet, will fall into one of these two categories. You have carnal Christian and you are spiritual Christian. Now you also have those who are 80% carnal, 20% spiritual. You have those who are 60% carnal. You have variation, all kinds. Are you getting what I'm saying? Look at yourself. Which one are you? Now, <laughs> just to get a bit ahead of what we are talking about, the gift of the Spirit does not necessarily mean that you are spiritual. Or you are spiritually mature. These Corinthians, Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 6. I want to read 6 and 7 and show you something there. Remember what we just read now. Paul said, I can't speak to you as spiritual beings. He said, because you are carnal. And he will explain. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirming you. Verse 7. So that you come behind in no gifts. Let's start from 5. That in everything you are enriched by him. In utterance and in knowledge. Paul said, you guys... I know 
when it comes to all trials you are there, knowledge you have it, spiritual knowledge. Then in verse 7, he said that there is no gift of the spirit that is lacking in your midst. Yet, this is the same church, this same church, where Paul addressed that coming on time, some were getting drunk in the church. You see, cannot people of our time, they seem to be better than the ones this time. At least those who drink among God, they go to drink outside. Corinthians, they came to... <laughs> and Paul said that, are you, are you guys normal at all? That don't you have houses where you can drink? He said people coming into the church, first time level, getting drunk in the church. Now, Paul said this same church, they are enriching all utterances and knowledge, and he said you come not behind. That means any spiritual group of people you put the Corinthian people beside, they, they measure up. He said you don't come behind any gifts. But in chapter 3, he said to the same people who did not like any gift, he said that I cannot talk to you as spiritual men. So that means gifts can be manifesting side by side with absolute carnality. You will begin to know that that fits Nigerian church very well. It's the reason why people are prepared to pray. But the fruit of the Spirit is totally absent. Jesus has never said, the two are very important, gifts are important. But he has never said that by their gifts you shall know them. By their fruits. If you try to identify a Christian by charisma, you're already lost. You are going to make a mistake. And I hope nobody here will marry for charisma. But charisma does not live at home. <laughs> he says, sister can sing heaven down. Hallelujah. <laughs> Even you yourself, your spirit is following the rhythm of the song. But that doesn't mean that's what will happen when you live together at home. If she talks, rhythm will fly away from your head. <laughs> <laughs> are you with me or a brother can preach very well Hebrew Greek and even Latin as it takes you from one apocalypse all, all, all kinds of you know and you're like wow <laughs> but you later realize that he's Hebrew Greek wicked <laughs> are, you, are you following me praise the Lord but are you getting what I'm saying? It is a direction I want to go and just stop this morning. That um, there are other parameters that the Lord is looking for to determine the level of spirituality. So, I'll begin to define who is a spiritual man in the Bible. But let's just scatter and just go around different things. And this is just the intro. Are you getting what I'm saying? So Paul said to these people, now, go back to 1 Corinthians 3 and let's read. He said, I cannot speak unto you on spiritual. He said, but as unto babes. When you are a baby in Christ, Galatians chapter 4. Let's read Galatians 4. We'll come back here in a while. This is why you must grow quickly. Now I say unto you, here, that the ear, as long as it's a child. Everybody say as long. Say it again. Now, this length, this duration of being a child is not determined by God. It's determined by your willingness to grow or not to grow. But when you remain a child, he said you are not different from a servant. Even though you are the Lord, you are Lord of all. That means things that you should control, we control you. When I was growing up, I understand very well, a child does not have enough sense to know that he has authority over we used to have mates while growing up. I remember I me mean, now, one of our mates, she beat the light out of me. She would ask me and my brother to kneel down and be moving around her on her knees and be crying and tell me no jaw and tell me no jaw. Oh God. See, she, 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 she made us, she made me drink urine. Yes. Okay, it's bad. If I catch that girl. Yes. There is one, there is one that I cannot say. That God, I mean, it, it, that one is too, is too rough for saying. Say. But she did all sorts to us. But I remember one day, I was even very small, and my two brothers were on their knees. My parents would go to work, 
My father, my mother, my father, were, my father was in high court, they worked in high court. My mom was also working in high court or magistrate court. They would go out and my brothers would kneel down for the greater part of the day. So one neighbor told my father one day, my father came, he jumped the fence and he came without opening the door. He made on their knees, little boys crying. Daddy thought, oh God, as they were beating, I was so happy. And my father just said, just leave, just leave. My father said, if you, if I, if you don't leave and I do something, I'm thinking, just leave. So he just said, I'm sick, just go. He said, what did these boys do to you? And that neither me nor my wife, nobody beat you in this house. Why this? She was just very wicked. We have food in the house, she wouldn't give anybody food. And then my parents were like, she would be pretending as if she loved us. One day after beating, she told me that if you tell mommy, I will kill you. Tomorrow, so I said, you know, they will leave, leave you with me tomorrow. So I kept quiet. Then after me, my young, my sister, then daddy came home one day and they saw a mark. She actually put spoon in fire and put it behind her. So that's why late, I've always, all these things I read on the internet, they are not new. It's because there was no internet that time. Wickedness is in the heart of some people. You've seen on Facebook for the one that put a baby there and stood on the baby. I mean, you wonder what kind of evil. <laughs> Many of you have seen different, the one that flung one baby from the chair. They, they, Facebook will not let you post all the what they are like, but before they take it down, some of them that we've seen. I mean, terrible things. Please, if you need to insist on Craig that they use camera 24-7, please insist on I take your child to, you just don't trust people. That's the truth. A guy came here one time and he said he wanted to walk in children's church. Immediately we just fly in our speed, very comfortable. And we told our brother, okay, can I walk in another department? He said, no, that's where I want to walk. I said, don't let him go there. You just join the church, say children's church or nothing. When they told, okay, you know what? They now say, okay, you know what? Can you join the department first? Maybe after three months, we send you there. It just stopped coming to church. I said, that one is not here to serve God. There's another reason. It's like, when you join the church, what you want to do is to help them count money. <laughs> you see, I like money department. I just like counting. <laughs> Notes we just had disappearing. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, one pastor, I don't want to mention his name, that you all know. He told us a very wonderful story. Well, he said it publicly, so I think I can. He's a very sad. Just to know, he told that one time there was a guy that was always doing that, taking offering in the name of counting. And the man of God said, one day, there is shuffle leadership. So, of the church. They just, they, because of him, they didn't want to put him on the spot, so they moved everybody. Just shuffle to different, others were happy, he was the only one. He was sad. He said, but this is the department I want to work. They said, but they moved everybody now. He said no, and then he left. See, people like that, you should know that there is another, it's something else. Many of you are feeling sorry for what that girl did to me. But see, if I knew that I was the young master of the house, but I didn't know. But thank God, by the time I got to primary five, the maid we had then, I was in control. There was one I slapped one day. Now, I'm not proud of his about him. I'm just saying that the authority has come. I'm now conscious that it is our house. She's the one living with us. My parents will never treat housemaid anyhow. But they found that at least I now I now know as a 10-year-old boy that okay, this lady lives with us and she should not control me. So she started talking with dignity. Your mom says you have your bag by 10. Or you are still lying. She's doing the holiday. And this is 11 o'clock. You are still on the bed. And she'll come and say it three times. Because authority has come. <laughs> See, those girls did not change. I grew. Some of the things that people are praying should change. God's answer to your prayer is that grow. If you are your father's son, like your sons are, all your cars are his. 
But at certain level, no matter what, you cannot allow him to drive. See, the car is not running away, but you must grow. When you get to a certain level, in fact, we will stop driving. You are the one that will be doing because our work will reduce. So you cannot be 21. I want to go out with your dad and you expect your dad to drive. He will sit comfortably. You are the one that will drive. I get what I'm saying. But at 14, trying to hide the car to sneak it out. I did that for many years before I was authorized to start driving. I will take my father's car. It will go out and I will drive. And his driver saw me on the road one day. I flashed him. <laughs> but he didn't tell him. I told my father to saw me. So when I got to, I went to park the car and I went to hide inside the room. So when he came from work, usually he would just call, you know, a man up. Like, oh, come on, come on, you come and do this. I, I said, oh, he didn't see me. Then every morning, he will be talking. He had four cars, they will be talking. Two official cars, one from my wife, he will be talking in the house. That ah, that's like the petrol they are making nowadays. They are evaporating also. <laughs> and interestingly, I used to wash all the cars. So I'll be cleaning the car. The driver will be inside one car. My father will be talking to him. He said, ah, he would, he would just try to warm all of them. Ah, that the fuel was no, a little more than half yesterday. He will say, you're actually way going to burn no more to no one's afraid. I'll just be where I said. It was then, because three of those cars were 504, that I found out that a key, X key of 154 could open another one. So I just took one old key. That was the master key that I was using on all the cars. So if you took A out, I would take B out. If it took, <laughs> and the day he got to know, he said, come here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are, are you with me? <laughs> <laughs> but they might, they might be watching now. <laughs> when he got to the day, complete trust my mom that what kind of, oh, you're a Christian, why are you doing this? I said, Mommy, this is not to represent, but I didn't say it, I was just saying it in my heart. Now you're a Christian, and you are, uh, you, you are, say she talk. My father just said, Can I have the key? And he just walked away. He didn't say anything on that, that, that. So I waited for like two weeks. Then I went to take out that key. <laughs> oh, they had some of them in the outside. So one day, he just went out. He, he said I should follow him somewhere. So we drove. So when we we're coming back, I just, he just parked. I thought he wanted to buy something. He came down. He didn't tell me. I just said he knock on my side. I come down. He said, drive, let me see. I knew that I was looking for a way to fault my driving. Oh, I was so careful. I was so careful. He couldn't say, why did I go say, you were too close to one trailer that passed? I said, I go. He from today, don't drive without me. Now I know you can drive very well. Now, the following week, my mom now said she was going to mark her. I said, I should come and take her. I said, hey, I said even the owner of the car did not talk. You were the one talking. Now I should come and take you to market. Me, Lord. <laughs> I said, my mom, you used to drive yourself to market before. Now, all of a sudden, why do you want me? I said, I remember all the words. You said that I was a Christian. Now, let me be a Christian and stop driving. <laughs> hallelujah are you with me spiritual growth and this is why we want to function and go on this no matter what if you are a spiritual person especially growing powerfully you cannot be deceived by any false prophet false message false doctrine or anything and I'm going to show you that the highest level of it is to be one with the word of God that's all. The word of God is superior. I have told you that we have been able to debunk visions and dreams. Some of those people saw something truly. Parents coming to tell us that, ah, pastor, I saw this. I said, mommy, your child is in this church. It does not apply here. I have sat by myself and I've been taken away in the spirit for two hours to see things. But I subject them to the word of God. That is true spirituality. There is no higher dimension than the word of God. I cannot accept what even me I'm seeing in the spirit that contradicts the word. I lift up the word. That vision will die. The word. There is a way a spiritual man responds to things. 
11 years ago, somebody said, saw, she saw me in a pool of blood, and she saw it truly. I said, I said, I said, it must be the blood of Jesus. He said to the terrible, I said, don't worry about that. There is a word that says, I feel sorry for the way Lord has said something. If it is thrown at you, and you don't defend with the word of God, it might become your lot. And this is how diabolical prophets and soothsayers who have increased in our midst, this is how they catch many. And get many in trouble. I get to what I'm saying. Let's read further what Apostle Paul said. So this is the reason why we are looking deeply at this. You know, a time, a time, at a, at a certain time, they worship bow so much that when Elijah threw up a challenge, or threw out a challenge, and he said, if Baal is God, worship him. And if God is God, let's worship him. The Bible said that the people did not answer him a word. The level of confusion in Israel got to a point where they were not sure anymore whether it was Baal that was God or the true God. That's why a serious call back to scripture is inevitable at the time we live in right now. We are mixed up everywhere. And if you are not throwing the place, if you, if you don't grow spiritually and yield to the word of God by the spirit, you will fall for many other things that are out there catching men. So just remember our study today. Because I want to stop here. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. So let's just read for the first Corinthians 3. And I'll, I'll end now. He said, but as unto babes in Christ. Next verse. I have fed you with meat, not with meat. So again, we are carnal Christian and you are spiritual Christian. Now when it comes to the word, there is meat and there is milk. Hmm. People love milk. You have to tear meat with your, your, your teeth, but the milk you just drink. Milk. Uh, what you are going through, God will see you through. I Fantastic. I don't criticize any message. I don't criticize people. They have their place. But if that is all you go for, if that is all you go for, I want to say this and again, no, this is just, all I'm doing today, just introduction. I'm going to introduce another topic, second service. Then next Sunday, I will continue with this one. By the grace of God, listen to me very well. Rick Joyner said, there was a challenge. One of the days, you know, he's a pilot in America, an old man. He, he has had out-of-body experience many times. God taking him out. One of the days, he was caught up there. Jesus showed him what Satan was saying to God. That you can save men. Hear this very clearly. Satan said, saying it to God. Like it was in time of Job. He said you can save men, but you cannot change men. Check an average Christian. In Joshua chapter 5, which I told you before, 40 years after leaving Egypt, God told Joshua, make sharp nine and circumcise them the second time. And he said, today I rode away the reproach of Egypt. They left Egypt 39 years before then, 39 years after that, Egypt was still in their hearts. It was second circumcision that took away Egypt. God said, today, I just delivered you from Egypt, even though you left 40 years ago. A believer might have left the word by confessing Jesus as Lord, but the word might still be inside you. That's why we are worldly Christian, carnal Christian, and spiritual Christian. And in every congregation you look at, you always see these three categories. The Bible talks about the mixed multitude left to them. Today they will pray for me. Tomorrow... Now, there are characteristics of a carnal Christian. Remember, we are talking about the spiritual man. And we've not even started, but we are just starting on this side. Now, go back to that First Corinthians 3, and I just want to read a few listed. And then I'll read also from First Corinthians chapter 10. And then, maybe I'll stop here. Is somebody with me? Is somebody blessed so far? Yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Remember, you don't judge spiritual maturity by fruit of the, uh, by gift of the spirit. Did you get that? First Corinthians one seven. I'm sure you are writing all these things. Now I have found the next verse, verse three. 
He said, you are yet kind of for whereas there is division. There is among you envy, strife, and divisions. Are you not kind of and walk as men? Some tradition will put it this way that you walk as mere men. That means a believer is not a mere man. Because his spirit is now alive unto God. Where we are going, when you are born again, your greatest enemy is not Satan per se. Your greatest enemy is the flesh. The Bible said the flesh lost it against the spirit, Galatians chapter 5, and the spirit against the flesh. The greatest work that a Christian will have to do is to bring your flesh under subjection. That was why Paul said, 1 Corinthians 9.26, I cast my, he said, I put my body under. Lest after preaching to many, I be a castaway. That means the flesh can cause a man, regardless of the level of his grace, to be a castaway. The flesh is a bastard. Even Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Because the flesh will always oppose the things of the spirit. Once you are born again, the weaknesses of the flesh don't go automatically. Except by the discipline of the Spirit applied by the Word of God. That's when they go. That you have accepted Jesus does not automatically bring an end to lust. Does not bring an end to anger. So when Paul was listening to Galatians chapter 5, he talks about the works of the flesh. And he was addressing a church. Now, here he's saying again that in the Corinthian church, where he said they don't lie behind in any gift, he began to say that there is division envy. Don't you see this in the present day church? Even commission among pastors and everything. Don't you see this? So the fact that people have come to Christ does not make all these things to disappear. So Paul said that among you, you are fighting. He said there is, uh, go, go back to that first Corinthians 3. Envy, jealousy, strife, division. He said you work as ordinary men. Next verse. He says some of you are saying that I'm of Paul. <laughs> And another saying, I'm of Apollos. Are you not carnal? I'm going to say, and I'll thank God for the short message I put out during the time of debate. Do you know, personally, and I mentioned it to the leaders, I don't say some things in public, and I was, I underestimated when I came to Christ the level of tribalism even among ministers of God. I was in the house of a bishop one day who told me that my daughter can never marry Yoruba man. And there are Yoruba bishops like that also. People can come to Christ and things binding them, they are still there. And especially if all you waste your time to do is uh, ancestral spirit and that's all you do and you don't focus on how to grow spiritually by the maturity of the fruit of the spirit in you, you will pray a lot, fast a lot, but your carnality will remain. I know a lot of people can do seven days dry. Yet the level of envy, jealousy, and backbiting and evil, you sit down with them for 30 minutes. They talk about six people. This is the raw people walking in the spirit. Because fasting does not automatically make you walk in the spirit. The Bible says, walk in the spirit, and you shall not feel the lust of the flesh. There are ways to walk in the spirit, which is to walk in love and walk in the world. In fasting, I can still be wicked. Then because you have said what I don't like. My fasting is now to pray that I should die. Or God should deal with you. <laughs> is, 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 <laughs> is somebody with me this morning? Yes, sir. Dear Lord Jesus, I want to stop here. Carnal Christian, spiritual Christian, worldly Christian. That's our Bible study part one. So we are going to continue next week. Spiritual. The Bible said that a spiritual man is judged by no one, but he judges everything. This dimension is great. First Corinthians 10. Let's just read. Oh, let me close here. We take it from there next week. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Moreover, brethren, I would not have you ignorant how our fathers were all under the cloud. All passed through the sea. Next verse. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud of the sea. We are going to start from here next. And did all in the same spiritual myth. And they drank from the same spiritual place. Go on. 
and they drank from the same spiritual rock. The rock that followed them, that rock was Christ. Next verse. But, one day I was studying the Bible and I paused on this point. But, but, the Bible says, but, with many of them, God was not pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. And Paul began to liken those days to this time. <sighs> How important is spiritual growth to you? How important is Bible study to you? That's why I'm sharing this with you. Some of the things we are praying about, God's answer is just grow. When you do, there is an amount of light in the world that comes into you that family issues, forces of darkness will just give way without even you addressing them. For when light comes, darkness automatically checks out. People are pursuing what they should not pursue. Instead of giving attention to what they should give attention to. So when you talk about Bible study, maybe a quarter of the church. Now, service we're in now. Second service starts immediately. Everybody. No matter what you talk about study. So many people are not taking time. Of course, we'll do Bible study, second service also. But I'm just many people are not taking time to dig deep into the word of God. Some of um, our patrons in Scripture Union, I think some of them walked in during the service. I will introduce them properly second service. I wrote on Facebook last year that I'm grateful that I was raised by Scripture Union. When I got to Vesper and I got to Lagos, I just discovered that people are not actually interested in the Word of God, but for other things, they are. I came out of Big Tree one day and a guy met me and he said that you're about to have a very big church and he began to... I said, shut up. And he said, imam, boy, two of the things he said before I shut up, they were accurate. But I have the knowledge of the word that something that, that, that something accurate does not mean it's God. Babala can do better. And here is where many get deceived. And you just wonder... If you see a native, they will tell you why you are there before you tell them. So why should I impress a Christian? In Acts chapter 16, the girl followed Paul. The information was right. It even sounded like an edifying statement. He said, these are servants of God who have come to show the way of salvation. And Paul said, come out of her. They were servants of God. The verdict on them, what she said about them was something good, something positive. But the source was not God. Let me tell you this. You don't need exactly to know which of the nine gifts that you belongs to you, that belongs to you. When you are full of the spirits, and at every time you yield to the Holy Spirit, it can always work out any gift through you. A spirit-free Christian is the that's the best way. But to say that am I the gift of healing? Because if you are a spirit-free Christian, in his name you will lay hands. When you practice the word, you will find yourself fulfilling some of these gifts without necessarily saying that this one is more, this one is more. It's very important. And this is where you should, what people should look for. How to be full of Holy Ghost. Paul just knew that this source is wrong. How do you know when somebody is giving a word of knowledge and it's by the Spirit of God or it's coming from another source? Number one, the more you are, uh, the more you fellowship with the world in the place of prayer, your spirit will just alert you that there's something wrong going on here. Yeah. It's the gift called the sign of spirit, but it, it, you will just feel that there is a problem here. Because number one way through with the Lord will lead an average Christian, everybody, even if you're a prophet. You might say things as God gives you a message, but hope you know now this one, these are the things we'll get to later. See, the anointing on you, not the one in you, 
the anointing on you is not for you. The anointing on you is for others. Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the glad times to Paul. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. When the anointing is on you, it is for service. And it is when people believe the word of God you are sharing with them, the anointing is stirred, and by the spirit of God, which you don't even control, you can minister to the people. When we do a lot of praying and we worship and sometimes, I, I, I mean, you heard Desmond read last week, somebody had a growth in a private part. I just said it on Sunday. I just came out to share the word of God and I just said, she ran to, a person went to, I don't know when I made of him, God, the and then the thing disappeared. The anointing, the spirit, when you to him, it will do something every time. But you see, the one that sustains you, this is why it is dangerous to pray for every anointing on you. When you have not trained yourself very well to respond to the anointing that is in you. Once you are born again, there is an anointing. First John 2 says, the anointing that you have received. He said, even concerning those who deceive you. He said, the anointing you will receive. He said, you will let you know. So once you are born again, if you are a Christian and you are walking in the light, there is an anointing in you. It guides you. It's, it keeps you from falling. It, it just strengthens you. When that one wanes, a Christian is in trouble. And that is what people, so that is the one responsible for uh, uh, the character of a Christian. That's the one responsible for being consistent with the things of the Spirit. And that is more valuable than the one upon. The one upon is important for breaking yokes and all those things. But you must pay more attention to the one inside. That is what pulls you to the place of prayer every morning. Morning devotion. That's what pulls you to studying of the word and everything. I get what I'm saying. Yes, sir. But in meetings, people want the one that will come upon them. Because you also want to prophesy. When what is on you is stronger than what is in you, you will fall. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's rise. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.